Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're here for another episode of Conversations with Gabriel, which is Dr. Gabriel Cousins, who's graciously agreed to talk to us about once a week as often as that is possible. And today, I think we're going to be talking about some things that have been big stories around the world recently, namely the um, idea from Dr. Brian Artis about the snake venom, and the other one is what's going on in Shanghai and what that may mean. So I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Cousins first to use our time as well as we can, and we'll start with uh, what he wants to bring us into for the right frequency of this whole experience, and we'll get to talk after that. Okay. Thank you. So I like to start always with a prayer, and that's L'shem Yikud Kudashabrihu Ushinate. Be il or Elihachem, which means merging the heart and the mind, merging heavens and earth. This is what's missing in the world today. So we're going to start with a little bit of meditation for those who uh, don't have much experience meditating. This is what was given to me at the end of a twenty-one day water fast, nineteen ninety-five. <coughs> It's yoda in breath, hand out breath. Wan in breath, hand out breath. If you don't have a meditation technique, this is good. Yoda breathing in from the base to the heart, hey out to the heart. Wa breathing in from the base to the third eye, and then again, hey out to the heart. So we're going to dance, and we're going to sit, and then there's another piece to it, which is the sharing of kind of my soul energy with yours. We call it in yoga shakti pot. Um, and hanihan in the Torah tradition, it's the same thing, but it's just different ways of talking about it. But first, we dance for spiritual joy for about three minutes. Okay, here we go.
Okay. And now, in the meditation for a few minutes. Here we go, just focusing the energy coming through my eyes. And now, in the meditation.
Okay, slowly come out of meditation. And we will talk. I'm just waiting. Yes, there you are. Anything you want to say? Get started. Well, there's there's a lot a lot of potential things to talk about, and what we were discussing before the show today was about the significance of the snake venom theory that's come out and gone viral all over the world, and is being sharply criticized by a lot of people, and shut down as conspiracy theory, and various things like that. Um, so we wanted to look at the degree of potential validity and what that means. And then possibly if we have a few minutes left uh, to look also at the significance of the Shanghai developments, which could be implications of various kinds for the rest of the world. So wherever you want to start on it, those are anything connected that you want to talk about. Well, I find it interesting you use what viral. So the word venom and viral uh, venom is tra- translated as viral. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that immediately gave credibility to that is n- not not determined credibility, but worth looking at, is that there has never been any evidence uh, from Wuhan exposure on of the existence of a virus called SARS-CoV-2, except as a computer program which originated many years ago as a patent application and granted. And since then, you know, it's really simple to show the existence of a virus. All you have to do is true isolation, not the nonsense that they call that now. And that kind of hasn't been done. And many of the great uh, leaders in the medical world really brave to say things that are outside the box and you're not supposed to believe, can't grasp this idea of the fraud of the non-isolation of the virus. But it's really important. And I'd kind of take that as a starting point. Yeah, well, if you see you can't isolate, maybe there isn't a virus here that we're looking at. Not in the physical world, no. Yeah, and that's kind of takes us to the idea of coronavirus or king venom yeah from the king cobra um, you know many i let me just interrupt for one second and sure. that's remembering that even though we're familiar with this theory many people actually don't know what we're talking about so let's take a yeah. minute bring them up to speed so where i want to go with that is the theory is that there are venom of peptides that is what people are being exposed to and some people feel they're in the water and the air uh, Brian, Dr. Brian Ardis is the one that really brought the theory into kind of viral awareness so to speak and he points out that it could be really transferable in the water uh, there are a, a number over a hundred research articles that really talk about the use of venoms and that you could make venom set up so they don't 
being uh, fall apart in the water. Okay, they don't decompose in the water, and then it turns out that the people, the uh, effects of venom, pretty much have all the 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 effects of what we see in COVID. You know, whatever that syndrome is, and I think the word is probably best syndrome. There's a heart stuff and nervous system stuff and mental confusion. You know. Uh, Difficulty breathing, even though the lungs had good function. Well, actually, no. The lungs get pulmonary edema from the venom. Right, but didn't they have the problem with a lot of people who could expand the lungs, all right, but they couldn't get oxygen? That's a different issue. That was a, a blood oxygen thing. It, it, it destroys the red blood cells' ability to uptake oxygen. Yeah. It's a different, a different thing. It's not a lung thing. Okay. But also people having mental things. 17 to 42%, you know, of people have some kind of depression associated with it. Uh And short-term attention, 45% of people have short-term attention problems. Up to 28% of people have memory problems from it. Um, Fatigue, uh, you know, decreased memory. These are all things that that seem to be associated with it. So you have the heart stuff, you have the brain stuff, you have the neurological stuff, and uh, really alternation of consciousness. So these are all things that seem to be associated with snake venom. So now living in India, we had a thing called the five steppers. It's more like the crate. So if you get bit, you're dead in five steps. So I think what we're looking at is a dilution here. Obviously, there's a few people who die like immediately, but there's kind of a dilution in the waters or if it's in there. We don't know exactly, but there's something going on, and it, it has a lot of, of, of problems. Now, there's another hint also is that the remdesivir appears to be straight uh, snake venom. And when they compare the data of people in the United States to, to anywhere else in the world, there's a much higher rate of once they've been injected with remdesivir, uh, which actually makes your survival rate less and takes you to kidney failure, which is also something you see with the cobra snake venom mm-hmm. and also the crate, K-R-A-I-T-E, snake so it's possible that the vaccine, that not the COVID, just the COVID, but the vaccine, is a synthesized uh, snake venom peptide. That way, they can make it en masse for people. Right, and it still has other ingredients, but this could be one of the main toxic. One of the ingredients I mentioned before is radiation, and our paper came out. You know, right. uh, so and there's lots of ingredients. And it could be that the spike protein is this, but also other spike proteins that are in. Um, but basically, the symptoms are very similar. But the other thing is that, that when they do a codon analysis, which is kind of the DNA print, the snake venoms are the closest to the COVID printout. 
that's something worth considering. Um, and then it's interesting that the venoms have to be injected at some level, like the snake with his two fangs, his hypodermic needles. Right. So it's like, hmm, this is getting interesting. Now, Sounds like a natural vaccination, right? Yeah. In, in 2005, they discovered at least eight, 19 venom factors from the cobra. And, and so maybe that's why they're calling it COVID-19, not that it would happen in 2019. Another consideration here of these 18 factors. Um, the other thing is that snakes shed. And if you've ever been out, like, in Arizona, we, you can see the whole shedding of a snake. Uh and so there's a, there are people who, once they've been injected, actually have shed some of their skin. So we're now looking at some really, another dimensional issue is um, you're, you're having snake uh, venom mRNA coming in, reprogram your DNA, and now suddenly you're a chimera. What's a chimera? It's got two sets of DNA and two, you know, you have animal and human DNA. So, yeah, so that is the whole mythical, maybe not so mythical, talk about the snake in the Garden of Eden and the uh, emerging of some of that energy, so snake DNA and human DNA. So there's another level of uh, uh, energetics with that. So we have a few things that are going on that make, in a certain way, make it more uh, feasible than the story that we previously said. It's just a virus, okay? Um, Because the whole idea of the snake DNA fits you, snake mRNA fits in with the battle that many people feel are going on on the planet between the forces of light and dark and the, the uh, let's say, the, the kind of a more snake-based people. Um, so we, we have, it's, it's, uh, it, it's a little bit more, com- it's a little bit more comprehensive, actually, as a theory of what's going on. Um, and there's a, a doctor, uh, from Africa, who who really is praying for the people's redemption? Because basically, she's she's saying the vaccine. Emmanuel. Yes, Dr. Emmanuel. The vax people have become sons of Satan. And she's praying for them because they've taken on the snake satanic energy in their DNA. I've seen cases uh, literally where. You know, a teenager got an injection, then she kind of t- starts tattooing and doing these things and kind of getting a little demonic in, in the thinking. It's like, what just happened here? Personality changes, huh? Yeah, and I mentioned all the ones, depression, anxiety, and things like that, but I'm saying something else a little bit more that right. identify with a little bit more de- demonic uh, energies. 
you know, and turning peoples into chimera or serpents. Like, that's pretty scary. Now, again, we can't, it's not so easy to prove yet. But Brian Artis' work has a lot of documentation to consider. So, and we are looking at the, the neuropeptides and the peptides from the state venom, they're 19 of COVID-19. Hmm. Why don't you tell people what a peptide is? So, um, you, you have protein, and the proteins break down to different fractions. And a, a fraction of that, you know, the different fractions are, are, are well, peptides. They're, they're small sections of the protein. Okay, thank you. And I think that's an easy way to think about it. Um, now, interesting is that the antivenoms, monoclonal antibodies, do work for treating it because they're actually antivenoms. And that was how the whole idea came up. Right. Yes. Right, because Dr. Artis was against monoclonal antibodies for the sole reason that they were recommended by CDC and other authorities. And then he, you know, he thought he had recognized and noticed that whatever the health authorities say, it, generally you can reverse it and take it as guidance. And right. he, he thought they were recommending these and he found out. Another doctor brought it to his attention that he said, if you got bitten by a snake, a poisonous snake, would you then get the monoclonal antibodies or keep being against it? And and this started the whole investigation. Right. So it's kind of interesting. Um, but the point is, these are antivenomous. It's interesting that the federal government is making it hard, particularly in red states, to get the monoclonal antibodies. This is not an accident. Right. So um, we're looking at uh, without getting technical, that the statement actually can explain a lot of what's going on in, in the picture. And is it far-fetched? No. There are companies that use snake venoms as medicines. You know, Venom Tech, Toxamed. The type, uh, Venom Tech has over 20,000 different snake venoms in its, in its library. So um, this is not... Far fetched, and these chemical venoms, these snake venoms, are are uh, are able to be stable in water or even stomach acid. So, and is this really new? What about Cleopatra and Antony? Did they take? Oh, no, no, it was a, a poisonous serpent, uh, an asp. Where that would they? But it's the same principle. So they've discovered about. 36 different venom components uh, in this thing. Uh, 16 are from animal, like snails, and uh, and 20 are, are snake venom. Um, interesting, nicotine blocks venom receptor sites. Think about that for a second. So if you take nicotine, it protects you from the snake venom. So I'm not saying people should go smoke, but they did notice that smokers have much less COVID. 
Right. Nicotine is a poison in itself in, in many ways, and you don't have to use it, but, the, but it was a clue to why are the smokers not getting the disease so much. Right. So it fits with the story of venom again. That's, I think, the key. Uh, and non-venom toxins can go through the skin. The venom has to be injected. Um, but the point is the venoms can be distributed in a variety of ways because there's a variety of venoms. I don't think it's just cobra, king cobra, or in crate. Um, and again, it attacks just like you see with COVID. The nervous system, the heart, the circulatory, the mind, brain, the kidneys. So there's nothing new. Uh, snake venoms being used as medicines. I think that's the important thing. That is not far-fetched at all. Okay, and so you get scared from the, the what we call COVID, and then you get the vaccine, the bioweapon, and you see when you get, here's the Israel thing, when you get the, the third, this is the third injection, you can see a significant rate of death, that's that black line, and where the red line is where people get injected. So it does help scare people into Injections, and I think there's a lot more of that snake venom in the injections. So the cobra venom does attack the kidneys and the lungs as well and creates the lung edema. So again, it all fits in a pattern here that is a little bit more than uncomfortable. But mice with the venom, Okay, uh, their lung, lung tissues become inflamed and they have lung hemorrhages. So it could be that the best treatment is for snake venom, is to have the antidote. Okay. And that's what monoclonal antibodies do, right? And they work on snake venom cases. That's the point exactly. Um, so, but there are some things that do help as well, okay? And I think we, it's good to focus on that. One is an acetylcysteine, which for over 100 years has been shown to block an antidote snake venom, okay? Right. That's worth seeing because it does work in this case. Ivermectin works, hydroxychloroquine works. Dr. Artis really liked the hydroxychloroquine. We use that in India in the 70s to prevent getting malaria. So, and then zinc, because um, zinc helps block the uh, negative effects of snake venom. So the hydroxychloroquine helps with that too. So we're starting to make a few connections here um, in that. Uh, the India, in India they have a thing called uh, Cobravax, it's a snake antivenom, Cobravax, okay? And it turns out that it treats COVID. Yeah. That's worth paying attention to. Awful lot of coincidences there. Yeah. At one point, where does it stop being a coincidence? Okay, fine, antivenoms work. So if it's an antivenom working and you're blocking the COVID, 
does that suggest that what the COVID is actually some sort of minimum components? That's the thing, see? And the whole list of things that work against venom are what the health authorities say never to use. That is right. Now, how do you know there's snake venom? They have a D-dimer test. Okay? And if you see that, then you know there's been snake venom poisoning. And it does seem that people go positive if they get the COVID uh, once they got injected. Okay? So that really changes our our universe, how we think about things. But I'm thinking also about the reptilians. This goes to another level of things. So reptilians are species people claim to be here on Earth who have been here for thousands of years that are more of a snake species. And that may have been uh, some of the Kabbalistic teachings suggested the Adam and Eve in the snake. The snake was a reptilian, a human, you know, kind of figure, but reptilian. They're also pointing out, Dr. Harris points out, that again, people with comorbidities like diabetes and heart disease are going to have more problems. It's intriguing that he makes a statement that people who just get their water from a private well versus community water don't seem to get COVID. So you have two really interesting pieces of evidence. I mean, more than two. You have a private water supply, those people not getting COVID, and you have the nicotine, and nicotine blocks that acetylcholine kind of venom connection. So it gets pretty far out, you know. But the recombinant DNA, and there's people kind of talking about that years ago, basically allows non-human genes to be introduced. And that's to me the important thing. And so we're really having a undermining of God's plan uh, that we are the face of God. Now we're the face of God and injected, become the face of God and Satan because of the snake DNA, mRNA becoming DNA. So it's uh, it's interesting. And then we also have to look at another little piece of evidence, which is that the there's been a lot of government investigation of the water supplies. None of that's clear what they're doing, but it'd be very easy to put it in the water supply. Uh, so that takes us to a few places. Yeah, as Dr. Stone Emanuel is, well, what do we do to protect ourselves? And it kind of is what we already know, what works. You know, um, Dr. Chu. Judy Mikovits talked about a, a, something called ceramid, which is, again, an antidote to venom. And apparently that's been replaced by ivermectin. So there's another reason why ivermectin is working, because that's close to a molecule called the ceramid, which is an anti-venom. Yeah. We have zinc, 
which has an anti-venom effect. Vitamin C is very effective. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and acetylcysteine are like some of the kind of main players in the story. Of course, I would always say take your vitamin D and cuts down lung infections by 50%. Um, now, why is it that children are really having much of a problem? Uh, is that melatonin has been known as an antidote to snake venom, another, let's say, incriminating fact, and kids are a lot higher than adults in melatonin. So we have all these little pieces in, in the puzzle that kind of add up to make you think about, well, what is happening here? And we have that unofficial study that was done in what is it, Andhra Pradesh or Uttar Pradesh in India? Andhra Pradesh, where they use the ivermectin, the 97% protection from COVID. Yeah, they basically eliminated the problem. Yeah. So so we have that level that we, we get the ivermectin works. Ivermectin has an anti-venom part. Um, now, in research in Italy, uh, October 2021, they found that all the people had who were sick had the toxic uh, venom, venom peptides. Uh, and that's, I think it's called flood uh, research. But October 2020, they actually saw that people who got the COVID did have a high amount of these toxic venom peptides in their, in their blood and in their urine and so forth. Um, and this is particularly called the phospholipase 2, what they're seeing is, is part of it. Um, and they again, I mentioned there's like 36 venom toxins, 16 are animal and, and uh, tw- t- 20 are um the, the snake venom type thing. So it's it's kind of like, what's going on here? But the, the key is we do have the antidotes that are uh, pretty much available. It's not an accident that FDA has taken uh, NAC off the market coming soon. Um and acetylcysteine is a, a, a very good for producing glutathione, which is a very powerful antioxidant in the brain. Uh, but now it's not, you can't just go into a store, or very soon you won't be able to go into a store and get it. And is there an official excuse for why that's being done? I don't think so. They're just doing it. I can't tell the answer, they just did it. Okay. Okay. Um, but my point is that they're they're looking close at what what works and try to making it you know hard to get. Yeah, yeah, and it's difficult to get human prescribed ivermectin, except there are some doctors doing it now uh, by yeah. mail, by mail order. Yeah, my myfreedoctor dot com is one, and there are other ones. Yeah, so you, you have things you can do. Uh, I think silver is another uh, 
thing that is is good for all these kind of things. That's got the seal of approval also because they're making it difficult to sell that. Right. So that kind of gives you a picture of something more serious going on. Actually, to me, it's a little bit better explanation for what's there, what's in the injection, how it may be being spread. But basically, the injection is causing the most amount of death and illness, um, more than the, quote, COVID. If you get injected, you have six to eight times more likely to get sick from COVID. So... um, I think they're calling injection damage COVID to a great extent too, and that's partly why that's true. Why that's the case, you know? They say you got sick from COVID. Well, you just got hurt by the vaccine, right? Right. Breakthrough cases, so to speak. So we're looking at a lot of hidden stuff coming out. We're looking at, I think, a very strong theory uh, that explains a whole lot of things that couldn't be explained with the other approach, like not finding a virus, little detail. Um, and it's like you can see viruses. You look at an electron microscope, you can see viruses. It's not like they don't exist. It's you know, some people may say they don't exist, but generally I see them under electron microscope, so I kind of think they have. Um, but what we're looking at is we have ways to protect ourselves. And I would say, you know, we have proved it's in the water in all these places. I mean, why does New York City have a, and Milan have these outbreaks? What's unique about those two cities, you know? So there's a lot we don't quite know. But there's something that's saying somehow we're being poisoned. Snake venom is like one of the oldest poisons out there the animal venoms and snake venoms. Um, so there's something very classical about this, uh, which is a little scary, and then we kind of have to look at, uh, you know, how do we get through this? And I've given you the idea of the different supplements, and I think that makes sense. The one thing I would add is nanokinase, which keeps your blood from clotting. The trouble with some of these venoms both can cause clotting and some cause the blood to get, that blocks the clotting mechanism. So it's a little strange. But obviously we're seeing much more clotting. So I think that's kind of what we're looking at in the picture. We also need to see how many of these uh, remedy-type materials that you can still get translate over to helping people that are already injured. You know, the, the European database figures that I saw last are like 4 million uh, injuries from the vaccine. And that's probably an under underreported figure. Some of those people are paralyzed or having seizures all the time, having myocarditis. They can't do physical exercise anymore. I think there's going to be a great need and demand for anything that can help those people recover. One of the things I've noted in this story is, you know, battery is going to take all these things. And I'm looking at 
uh, a thing called Illumini, which is kind of a scalar wave activated iodine note. Why am I looking at that? Well, the one of the things we're talking about is people who get the injection tend to get AIDS-like syndromes over time. Right. And I look a little further and I say, well, what's the problem? The problem is the cells can't repair themselves. The immune system can't repair itself. Okay? So we look at the DNA and you have this uh, CRISPR case 9 uh, technology, which is how they put these kind of different genes in. And, and what we're looking at is is that the gene repair, the P53 gene, uh, gets blocked by the, quote, spike protein, which could be the venom protein as well, the venom uh, peptides. And then the, the system can't replenish itself. It can't grow healthy DNA. The cells die. The immune system gets weakened and so forth. The aluminum doesn't need, that's the atomic level iodine, doesn't need to, to use the CRISPR-Cas9 system to repair the DNA. It, it, it uh, stimulates the P53 gene three times more and the gene systems repair. So we have some simple thing to move us out of that chimera venom snake DNA because it also tends to create autolysis to get rid of uh, gene patterns that are not human patterns. So we do have some ways to reverse even the DNA changes. That's pretty exciting. You know, if I were to say take one thing, I'm going, it would be the illuminating because its ability to repair the DNA when that gets lost, okay, but it's also its ability to create autolysis, cell destruction, when it can't be repaired. So you don't become a chimera. What about the people that are asking how to overcome the effects of these nanobot technologies, which almost the, look the, good. The luminine is actually specific for that, too. That would be amazing. So the, yeah. are, those, are those, they're real small. That's why they're called nano. But they seem to have some, when they're, you know, Carrie Mede and some other doctors and people in labs that expose pictures that look like square-shaped or rectangular-shaped uh, electronic components, basically. Well, they're, 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 you're looking at the hydroxy. Um, you know, they're different molecular things that they come in, and then inside the system they become a bigger system. Self-assembling, basically. Yeah, self-assembling, right. So those have to be taken apart, I guess, right? Yeah, the graphene oxide and graphene hydroxide are part of those self-assembly, and the aluminum is going to block that. 
and to give them the disassemble. And so ultimately, any of these helpful substances, they're triggering the body's own abilities. Yes. Right. The yeah. life force inside the body. Yeah. And they have different things. So the NAC is an anti-venom. Right. The aluminum, that it, can, it has an anti-venom effect, but its big thing is activating the P53 gene in a slightly different sequence so that it doesn't depend on the CRISPR-Cas9 system for repair, which is spike protein or venom inactivates. Right, right. Um, so even though we're just about out of time now, do you want to tie together, well, there's two things actually. One of them is what, what do you think is the significance of the sudden really radical lockdown being on display in Shanghai? Which is, I understand it's the biggest city in the whole country of China. I just really don't know where it, 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 something seems dramatically wrong here. Zero COVID policy when we know there's been over 100 studies at this point, some people say 300 studies, that show the lockdowns don't work. They don't work for what they're claimed to be for. You know? Well, they don't work for protecting from COVID. They don't need COVID. They, the theory is they work for other things. And yeah. one of those, Dr. Fauci, has enlightened us on, on television recently, which is a statement, quote, we use lockdowns to make, get people vaccinated, unquote. Right. But, you know, talking about the theory, what's going on in Shanghai, it's not, and, and they know that. Okay. And the Chinese did a study where they followed asymptomatic, 10 million asymptomatic people, you know, were kind of COVID positive or whatever they say, and they, they didn't spread it. That's a big so, study. It's a big study. So, you know, so if you're po- test positive, doesn't mean you're going to spread it. It doesn't mean you're going to spread it. Asymptomatic people don't spread it. Part of, part of what's hard to grasp here is it's so ridiculous about the PCR test. And one of the brilliant people in government in Tanzania, an African minister, I don't remember his exact position, sent in samples to be PCR tested. And that included a pawpaw fruit, uh, something from a goat, and a soil sample. And they all had COVID. Uh, maybe yeah. not COVID, but the others did. They were and COVID positive. That's the key. I think the goat may have come back positive, but the others, uh, no, the other, vice versa. The soil sample had COVID, and so did the fruit. And if that were ever grasped, the whole pandemic narrative could never get going. Well, when people get in fear, they can't think straight. That's part of the story. Right. And that's why I'm sharing some of this, is we really need to look at helping people move out of fear. And, you know, there's a few things. We could be what we're doing more scientific. Also, love helps dispel fear. Yeah, they don't be, go ahead. They don't go together at all. Mutually exclusive conditions. So love dispels fear. And what we can do is begin to open our hearts more to each other 
and move away from the fear-based into a more love-based society. And that isn't so hard to do. We, we can do that. Because love is a, a natural, um, deep part of who we are. So I throw that out as, as how we begin to face this. Yeah, there's the science. Take this up. Okay, we got that. But we have to move people out from fear to love. It, you know, I think one of the ways that fear comes in is that when you start exposing the things that you've been talking about today, people start to comprehend a little bit of the depth of malice that the rulers have. And and that's true. They're, not all of them, but the ones in charge intend to completely destroy life on the planet. But that doesn't mean that anybody has to go along with it. Right. Now, we have, there's so many levels of this. We have the Nephilim theory, okay, that many of these leaders are are really genetically a little different, and the Nephilim were the offspring when the the angels mated with the, the women of the earth. And their genes are slightly different, and a little bit more focused on um, taking over the planet and getting rid of the humans as part of their mission. That's another theory, just adding more. Like, who's doing this? Why are they doing this? So that's another thing. Have you heard of that? Or Oh, yeah. There are different theories. And, you know, whatever is the truth and the motive it looks to me like the objective is 100% extermination of normal life on the planet, including themselves. So I don't so much see, the, and this is a long discussion that I won't divert us into, but... No, um, it's an important discussion because you have to make sense out of the bits and pieces like we're talking about snake venom. That isn't the big picture. Well, I, Why are we doing that? very complex power structure that the the top positions of which are not even physical. Right. Right. And and those give orders to the top families that are the humans in control. And they take those orders because it's their religion, essentially their you can call it Satanist, but the name doesn't matter. You know, they take orders from those dark beings for power. And they're totally given over to them. And then there's a power structure under that, multiple levels, way above visible rulers. And they are all obeying for various reasons, some of them for money and power. But the ones that are up in the higher levels, it has nothing to do with money. And it looks to me like a ceremonial sacrifice with the idea that if you do a sacrifice correctly and you kill an innocent being by numbers, and you give out certain notices, pass certain milestones correctly, then God is really happy with you. And this appeals to them greatly. Well, God or Satan. In their version of God, it's the dark power. And, And that is the way they expect to get their reward once life on this planet is gone. And everything I've seen fits that so far. And I'm totally open to finding out that I'm wrong about anything. But over many years, 
this fits everything that's going on. You're you're talking about a slightly different way, but it's exactly the same at the same time. And and they will be defeated. I think that this is the turning point next year to where really there'll be a divine intervention in some kind of way. And if humans change consciousness, then they automatically stop complying. Yeah. At all, including ones within the power structure. Yeah, and I think we're going to see some of that. I mean, people will talk about the return, the, the, a Messiah coming. And, uh, you know, really people being spiritually inspired and then being defeated. Right. And I'm just saying you don't have to wait for that. You can start now. Oh, I'm agreeing with you because, again, love is what dispels fear. Right. And when we go into a love-based society rather than a fear-based society where talking major changes in the kind of psychic foundation. This is a positive pandemic that the rulers are afraid of. Right. Because it's real and it's very contagious. And that's what we're working here. This is what Lost Arts Radio is about, is helping people create a positive pandemic where people wake up and uh, love conquers fear and helps elevate us to the truth of who we are. Not even based on computer programs or uh, patents. Right. Open source. Open source, right. So... That's our message for tonight, or today, or where are we getting it? It's like love overcomes fear. And we, yes, we have supplements, we have a way of life, but there's a spiritual awakening that's part of, of, of us uh, being squeezed like this by the dark forces so yeah. that we can't wake up. The side effect of tyranny is awakening. Yeah. Okay, so I bless everyone that you get this and uh, there's an awakening opening for you. You know, this isn't totally proven, we understand that, but it's a reasonable explanation and it's hard to find too many objections to it, even the water thing. If you say those people have private wells don't seem to be getting COVID and those it's a, a general water thing, uh, share general public water, they're the ones supposed to get that. Those are all little tidbits of pieces that they get connected. So we don't know exactly, but we know we need to keep awake and we need to keep in that state of love and oneness for all humanity. Peace be with you. One more little detail, Dr. Cousins. Would you reiterate the two websites and the contact email address for people that would like to get in touch with you. Okay. So info at treeoflife.nu is where people can make an appointment. I still am seeing people for holistic workups. Uh, You know, um, people want to go a little bit in depth to the health on all levels. And we also have treeoflife.nu mn.co thank you Doug for putting that up and 
the people want to ask me a question, you go to info at triolife.nu um, and the questions will get to me. So I'm happy to answer that. We also have a, a weekly program of spiritual nutrition and another, there we go, and another program that is alive and liberated with Dr. Gabriel, which is more spiritual focus versus spiritual nutrition focus. Okay. And we'll look forward to hearing from you again in a week. Yes. yes. And what's the homework for people to do between now and then? Examine how they can live with more love in their life in every aspect. How do we bring holiness in every aspect of our lives? How do we bring holy love into every aspect of our lives? And see how that changes us. Sounds great. This week is the lab uh, section for trying that out. And we'll meet back here in a week and see what happened. Okay. Richard, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for backing us up there. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. See you in a week. Okay. So, you guys, I think that last part um, from Dr. Cousins was the most important. You know, all these details about the snake venom and things in the water, we know that poison has been in the water in the U.S. and many countries for a long time. It's called fluoride, but that's a generic term. People who have investigated have found whole complexes of other toxic chemicals and pollutants. So there's a lot of horrible things to know about. And the reason for knowing about them and what's happening in Shanghai and all over the world is not to become fearful. Completely counterproductive. And no matter what is going on with the malevolent rulers around the world, there's no value for fear. And I would even say something that most people would disagree with. There's no value to become extremely furious and angry. That does not make you more effective. And this is a really important point to understand. What Dr. Cousins is pointing out, bring more into your li- more love into your life. I don't, we can ask him to make sure, but I think I'm accurate in saying he would not say bring more love into your life except for all the bad people that you have to hate. It's like bring more love into your life because the power of love more than dwarfs evil and fear and anger and fury and hatred and all that stuff. Um, Absolutely. Very good. So, good. I wasn't off on that one. Um, so uh, the point is learn about that not by memorizing things about it but you actually have to do it that applies to me and everybody who's interested memorizing stuff is okay to kind of point you sometimes in a good direction but practical application is what it's about so this is kind of like a, a spiritual test time for humanity and the only way to pass the test it's different than what Matthew Broderick's character said in War Games. Uh, the computer told him about thermonuclear war. 
very strange game. The only way to win is not to play, and that would apply to hatred and fear and everything in between. But you can play the game and win with opening up our dormant natural state, which is all based on love, because it's where we come from. We don't come from hatred and justice and fear and all that kind of stuff. We come from unconditional love. And it's not uh, passive. It doesn't just lie down and let itself get run over. It's a totally different universe. So this uh, test for uh, seeing if we have enough motivation at this point based on all these horrendous things that we were talking about during the show to... Um, be willing to change what's needed to change inside ourselves. And that, on the surface, it looks like that's irrelevant. You have to go fight with swords and everything. And you may have to defend yourself with swords if it gets to that point. But that's a low level of defense. The real defense that there's no countermeasure to is opening up the potential that we had all along, just like in the Wizard of Oz original movie with Dorothy and the ruby slippers, she went all over the place looking for Oz to save her. You know, the, and there, there could be figures that come up that are super inspiring and that are going to say, you know, now I'm going to take care of you. But that's not the point of this lesson. It's you that are wearing the slippers and always have. So rather than look for the uh, figure to lead everybody out and, uh, you know, say we're all helpless, we can do nothing until we're saved. That's not entirely accurate, to put it mildly. We're wearing the slippers, so can we change consciousness? And it's not like God's not involved, because the only way you can do it is from the source that you came from. But there's a bridge, like a connection that's waiting to be made, and you don't need anybody else to do it. Anytime you're motivated enough and change your whole life and then things on this so-called outside world start following suit and this is a test to see can we do it or are we going to stay in the religious belief that we're helpless we can do nothing you know we're worthless our own inner guidance is always misleading um, if we stay in that we're going to get the results which are already starting but so is the side effect of the pressure, and that's awakening, and you can choose to be part of that. Um, anyway, sorry for the long outro here, but I just wanted to get that across as a really important point. You have all the tools you need to do right now. It's just like somebody who has amnesia or somebody's been paralyzed going into a gym. The muscle's still there, but you've got to remake the connection to make the arm move and lift the weight, and at first it feels really unfamiliar and weird, but you stick with it, and it becomes a new normal, not the way Klaus Schwab wants, the deadly new normal, but the life new normal. And that's up to us, and actually up to you. So, anyway, thanks for being with us, and thanks to Dr. Cousins for sharing incredible insights, wisdom, and massive amounts of research about these issues. And we look forward to doing that again next week. Stay in touch with Lost Arts Radio at lostartsradio.com. And uh, any emails that go to me, I read all of them. And I'll either respond as time allows 
Richard at LostArtsRadio.com. Thank you, Doug. Um, or maybe put it into one of the Voice in the Wilderness videos that are being posted now at least once a week. And I'm trying to do them more often if time allows. Um, also, if you want to get into the deeper levels of working on this stuff with us, um, PlanetaryHealingClub.com is available. Check that out if you have questions about it. Send them in. Um, I'll look at all of them and respond as I can. But that's available. And we the beta version of that started in 2018. And now we want to invite people who are interested in actually doing the work inside themselves, not trying to force other people to change, but uncovering the real power position. Um, from anywhere in the world, if you're one of those can, that can relate to that idea and have the will to do it and see who you really are, then we're looking for you in planetaryhealingclub.com and join us. We're doing that work together. Otherwise, have a good week. Um, remember, we have Sunday guest shows every week at uh, on our channels that don't censor anyway, Brighteon and Bitchute and Blog Talk and uh, other ones like that. And there's a tab on the lostartsradio.com website where you can uh, go and it says All Things Radio. And that's about the links to those different shows. But we have channels on BitChute and Brighteon that are good places to start. If you want to help us stay on the air with all this commercial-free broadcast information, uh, there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com. As soon as I figure out how to do everything with no money, I'll let you know. <laughs> but in the meantime, it's really helpful if you've got the resources. And we have lots of big projects on hold uh, waiting for funds. Either donate button at lostartsradio.com, any amount, or the subscribe star link on the same page. Both of those work fine. And as I've said before, beyond just supporting what we're doing, if you're one of those people who has massive resources and goodwill and you want to do something good with them, even if you have no interest in what we're doing, I'd love to talk to you because there are other things that I'll let you know about that need your financial support, not just Lost Arts Radio. And our time to do that, to avoid things getting more difficult, is limited. So if you have a lot of resources, with great power, as Spider-Man said, comes great responsibility. And the time is valuable. Don't wait till the end of your life to realize the value. And I think that's about it. So take care of yourself. Find out your real potential. Use it. And um, we all need to help each other do that. So have a good week, and we'll look forward to seeing you shortly. Watch the website for more videos, lostartsradio.com, and we'll see you next week.